Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of having two wonderful guests. First, I've got Audrey Cortez, Senior Advisor and Resident Resiliency Expert. She is doing some outstanding work at Interactive Quality. She's a proven nurse leader and sought-after speaker who's passionate about patient experience and caregiver well-being. Through years of clinical experience, nurse leadership, and deep understanding of challenges at the bedside, Audrey has developed Steady and Raise, an evidence-based resiliency model that is easy to learn and apply in daily practice. Audrey's experience spans nurse executive roles in the hospital and healthcare industry, skilled nursing, nurse education, and patient experience. She's a highly effective leader, adept at motivating through engagement, developing trusting relationships, clearly communicating purpose, promoting accountability, and leading teams to targeted goal achievement. Audrey earned her BSN and Master's in Nursing Administration from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. We also have the outstanding Beth Guyton with us. She is the founder and president of Interactive Quality, a consulting firm dedicated to helping healthcare organizations improve performance. She is passionate about leadership development and creating cultures that foster trust, value caregiver well-being, and deliver exceptional patient care. Beth is a certified executive coach, certified professional in healthcare quality, trained mediator, and Six Sigma Greenbelt with extensive experience developing healthcare leaders. She is a graduate student of industrial and organizational psychology at George Mason University and holds a Bachelor of Arts in Advertising from LSU's Manship School of Mass Media. So we're going to be diving into, as you've probably guessed, resiliency and how we could best do that in today's healthcare environment. So I want to thank both of you, Beth and Audrey, for for taking the time to be on our podcast today. It's my pleasure. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thanks all. Absolutely. And so before we dive into interactive quality and, and the work and resiliency that, that uh, you and, and the team are up to over there, I'd love to hear what inspires your work in healthcare. This is Audrey. And I know for me, um, I love people. And I have a deep belief that people are good and to recognize them. And I think that's what's inspired my work, both as a nurse leader, but also my passion for resiliency. I think Audrey and I have so much in common. We're both definitely people, people. And um, I totally agree with what she said. And for me, I just really want to secure the best, most safest experience for the patient, but also for the caregiver. And that was something when I first, you know, started working with healthcare as a consultant, it's like, there's a lot of focus on that outcome from the patient perspective, which is vitally important. But um, the caregiver is so important too. And so how can we also create some metrics and put them, you know, at yeah, as a top priority in organizations to care for the caregiver. And and so I have to share that Beth and I um, ran across each other a couple of years ago, and it was just like an instant connection. I really felt that our sense of values were very similar, our, our focus on people, our belief in people, 
our drive to do the right thing to help healthcare organizations grow and with leadership, with, with resiliency. And it, it has just been an amazing collaboration. That's awesome. You know, the uh, connection is, is palpable and I could certainly uh, understand the passion behind all of the things that you guys do around resiliency. And I'm excited to dive into it with both of you today. You know, in the perspectives of a clinician and also a, a certified coach, just I think meld quite well in the need of what we have today in healthcare. So talk to us a little bit about how interactive quality is is adding value to the healthcare ecosystem. I'll go first, if you don't mind, Audrey. Go for uh, it. Um, so what I would say is, you know, we're, we're here to talk about the solution. And Audrey has put together an awesome solution that is genius because it takes a really complex idea, concept, and something difficult to operationalize and puts it in a very simplistic form. But the problem is worth mentioning, which is burnout. And before COVID hit, burnout was a huge crisis in the U.S. with healthcare, and some estimates were even as high as $17 billion as, as being the problem. When you look at the cost of lost engagement, turnover, trying to rehire, retrain people, and then anytime you've got turnover when you're trying to deliver a service such as healthcare that relies on consistency and quality and best practice, you're going to skip a beat and you, you're going to have missteps that are going to cause your, your product or your service not to be of the highest quality. So burnout is a huge problem when we look at it from a financial standpoint. Um, but you think about everything that it affects. It affects the caregiver first. And that's where we see the symptoms. That's where they show up. Although we know there's, they're a result of systemic problems, but the caregiver is affected. We see higher suicide rates, you know, broken relationships, alcohol and drug abuse, et cetera. And then patient safety is impacted. You have more caregivers leaving the profession. And even though there's not solid data out yet, I would imagine when we emerge from this pandemic, we will see more um, healthcare givers looking for other professions and leaving. And then that throws us in a situation where we have less access to care. And, you know, even with the pandemic, disparities in care and access for different groups have kind of come to light. And so you can see how this problem at first glance seems like an individual clinician problem, but it really is a, a problem that affects us throughout our community and as a nation when we think about access to care ultimately being impacted. So I think that, um, you know, making a difference is so important because the problem is so vast. And then I'll let Audrey kind of speak to the resiliency uh, model that she's put together and why it's a little bit different than other things you may see on the market. Sounds great. So, so Saul, just a little background that before COVID hit us, stress and burnout were identified as top challenges in healthcare. And so um, I'm, I'm one of those nerds. I sit up and read research and books on healthcare. <laughs> and, and my passion is resiliency. And, and I'll be um, honest that this passion came about from a personal loss. I lost my only son in an accident in 2009. Mm, and so um, as horrible as that was, as I realized that life goes on and you have to make something good come from every experience, even the worst experiences imaginable. And my, um, what, what came out of it for me was just an intent to help other people go through loss, through chaos, through um, times of, of uncertainty, not even knowing that COVID would come and hit everyone as a nation. 
So fast forward, and, and I have implemented a uh, resiliency training program at, at my hospital where I work, which is Peterson Health in Kerrville, Texas. And we were noticing a lot of clinicians and nurses really becoming burnout, uh, probably in around 2017. So developed a preliminary program for them. And I was asked to speak at a national conference regarding our efforts, which in, improve um, our employee engagement and our uh, patient experience scores. And so I'm speaking about that to a, to a small group, 125 people and I go across the hall and there's an author that I just really respect and I had read her, her research and found it very valuable in my work and there were hundreds of people in this room, um, probably a thousand people. It was a huge room and there was just such a sense of anger in the crowd, frustration. You know, we know the research, we've read the research. What is the solution? And the, the speaker was very gracious and she offered all the tips and all the what, what research was showing, but it bothered me. And I went back to my hotel room and spoke with my fiance, who's a physician. And mm-hmm. you know, so he's experienced some of the stressors in healthcare. Absolutely. He's been a physician for 30 years. And I said, what is the, the solution? And he said, I don't know, Audrey, I don't know. And so we went to sleep. Now, this is part of, of how my brain works. I couldn't go to sleep. Finally, I did. And then I woke up two o'clock in the morning. And I woke Tom up and I said, Tom, wake up. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> and he said, Audrey, can we talk about this over coffee in the morning? And, he, and I and but I couldn't. I just couldn't. I said, no, get up. We have to do this right now. And so I said, I've got it. The idea, what's going to help is you have a tool, a set of tools, a toolbox for staff, for physicians, for clinicians, for anyone in healthcare. And you teach them these tools. And then on top of that, you have to have a set of tools for leaders to be able to, to support and guide their staff. So it's two-pronged, a set of a toolbox for staff and a toolbox for leaders. So steady is a set of tools for staff and for everyone, for physicians. We roll it out to everyone here at Peterson Health. And raise is how leaders can elevate and support their staff through times of stress and uncertainty and through change. That's so cool. Well, I, I think it's great that you that you have a, a program that focuses on on both stakeholders. And this is primarily within the four walls of, of the hospital, correct? It's in the four walls of the hospital, but then Beth and I also offer consulting across the United States. Okay. So this is for anyone. We we want to make sure that people have access to these tools. Love it. Because you know, I'm thinking as well about the the caregiver, the unpaid caregiver. And there's so many in this country, you know. Um, you guys are focused on on more so the the paid provider, right? With our program, we're we're focused on the paid provider. But we also, um, you know, at Peterson Health, we do a lot of coaching for the family as well mm, on how so to deal with stressors as well. So honestly, the tools in Steady can be used and applied in a lot of different ways. And we yeah, use yeah. the tool Raise not only on resiliency but on ev- annual evaluations on difficult coaching conversations. So it we've we found that it's really scalable to be able to adapt the model to what the need is. We recently at Peterson um, have started a interactive two-hour class on COVID in the time of resiliency. And we've woven in Steady for the staff, but we've also em- empowered the leaders to help support their staff be more resilient through using RAISE. Love it. So great. So as you embark on on distributing this content and, and training people on it, what have you noticed make you make make the approach different or, or more effective than what's available today? Well I think in the you know a lot of approaches 
Uh, so kind of look at this. The, we see the symptoms of the problem on an individual level. So it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that, oh, well, we'll give the individual a tool and it'll be kind of in essence a clinician go heal thyself situation, which we want to give into people. In individual skills because people can build resiliency on an individual level, but you also build it through the community that you create at work, you know, and that can be on a team level or even organizational culture. And then there's organizational or system, you know, factors that can drive that. And the leader is in a unique position to address those types of things. So there's been in the past a lot of like, you know, it could be something like mindfulness training, which is great, you know, and I'm actually in the process right now of becoming you know, a trained, a certified trainer on mindfulness. So it's like, it's a great tool, but that alone won't solve the problem. So what's really different about this is it creates um, kind of like a common language within a culture, gives people anchors for behavior and almost best practices for interacting with one another and kind of creating and giving leadership tools to create that cultural dynamic that gives support beyond just saying, hey, as an individual, you know, you should go um, take care of this problem. We'll give you some tools. We'll give you one training class and you go take care of it. So it's really, you know, you begin the process with the training and having people understand the model that Audrey has created. And again, what's genius about it is that it's simple, even though resiliency is really a complex topic. So it allows for the organization to put more systemic um, support in place versus just giving an individual caregiver, a physician or a nurse some tools and expecting them to solve the problem. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And yeah, I think you, you nailed it with the making it systemic, right? Because you leave it to an individual, how do you make it so that it's scalable? And, and therein lies the systemic solution that you guys offer. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, maybe how it's worked and a success story or two. Audrey can speak to that. Yes. So, Saul, what I will tell you mm -hmm. is that we focus on resiliency from a couple of different aspects. So we have there's individual resiliency. Mm -hmm. Then we have organizational resiliency. And then now we're, we're tying it into community resiliency. So, for example, we take steady and raise uh, to our firefighters here in the community because they have stressors. Um, we, we do a lot of training, but it's also um, we do a lot of, of activities that are about self-reflection and how each person looking at how they deal with stressors in their life. And we talk about fears and we talk, uh, we, um, talk about what happened in the past that we're dealing with, whether it's COVID how we deal with what's going on in the in the present and then always we look to the future what future do we want and how do we create that whether it's as an individual whether it's as an organization or whether it's as a community now i will tell you a success story and that just happened today today we received our results from our employee engagement survey now i will tell you that my organization peterson health they have in the last four years of this journey they've been in the top 10% for patient experience nationally. Mm -hmm. They've been recognized by health grades. But today we got our results back from our employee engagement survey. And uh, we were at the 89th percentile uh, two years ago. We were at the 87th percentile last year. And this year, in the midst of COVID, I just learned today, we're at the 92nd percentile nationally. Nice. On the uh, resiliency aspect of the survey, we 96% of all of our employees, and we had 90% of our employees take the survey, which is unheard That's pretty, of. In a, pretty it's great really, turnout. Yeah. It's an engaged group. We had 96% on the rate highly on the resiliency aspects of the survey. 
So that to me just made me incredibly proud and just made me feel, okay, we're making a difference. We're helping Mm. these people get through this disaster, this pandemic in a way that is healthy, where they can engage and realize they have some control in how they handle these stressors. Yeah, that is awesome. Congratulations on that, by the way. I'm very proud. We also won the Governor's (laughs) Award, which is the Texas equivalent of the Baldridge. And so a lot of good stuff that I'm really, really, really proud of. Well, you know what? You woke up at 2 a.m. You had some answers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're wrote them down. <laughs> well, and, and my fiance, Tom, we've been, been together a long time, but he helped me a lot as well. He's a physician, so he has that aspect. But they're probably, awesome. in our 15 years of knowing each other, there's probably been five times when I've woke him up, woken him up at two and said, okay, we've <laughs> got to hammer this out. And he always rolls his eyes, but then he's always, you know, he's just real calm and laid back, but he's that, he has All that right, calm, let's rational. Go for it. Like, let's just do it. So you know, by six, we'd had three pots of coffee. Of course, we did have to take a nap later on, but over about four hours, we went through the concept and from a... I'm a nurse by background. He's a physician. Mm -hmm. Uh, We both love people and we hammered out Steady and Raise that night. We brought back to my organization and I said, look, this is what we came up with (laughs) while we were away. And they were like, we want to do a leadership development institute. We want to implement this. We want to embrace this. And they did. And that was back in in the end of 2018. That was brilliant. And I would say all like Audrey's Hospital um, in Kerrville, Texas, really got a jump start on resiliency. Many organizations are finding themselves now um, kind of in the, you know, the midst of COVID. Some of them have had to furlough staff um, and then the staff. that Yeah, I mean, it has been so challenging and resources are very tight on all levels. Like it's not just money, it's time because you, you may not have enough staff to allow people to go to training classes and whatnot. And so um, what we've done is create almost like just little mini like video sessions. And then um, that can be parsed out instead of having to pull staff in, uh, you know, for an hour class or, or leaders for a three hour session to be able to get them the content more in like bite-sized chunks, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then um, also offer, you know, guided discussions with people from our team to drive the concepts home, especially with the leaders so that they can see how they can take that forward and start to pull it through into the daily activities. And I would just add, Saul, that with COVID, it's not only a psychological safety and physical safety. There are those mental stressors just eat at providers and nurses and staff at the front line. The stressors that I get to see, the stressors they put up with every day, and you see about them on the news, but I see what they face people who come in the ED who have COVID and people don't realize it, even though they screen through. Uh, The nurses going home having to decide whether to leave their children with their elderly parents who are susceptible to COVID or to take them to daycare and expose them to COVID. The, The stressors are just immense. And if we can do anything to help these providers deal with this day to day, and we're still going through it, and there's really not an end in sight. No, so I agree. The need is out there and the stressors are immense. Well, I think it's wonderful. And, and so folks are listening to this and they're like, okay, how do I get in touch? <laughs> how do I learn more? And we're not even done yet here. But if you want, folks, if, you, if you're needing to know right now where to go, it's interactivequality.net. Type in www 
www.interactivequality.net. You'll find out more there, ways to get in touch. Certainly, the time is now for this, you know, and, 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 and how can you make it systemic? I think that right there is the takeaway. How can you make resiliency systemic for both the leadership team and also the caregivers individually? And so we all know that these types of programs and, and initiatives don't come without challenges. So I'd love to learn from both of you, Beth and Audrey, one of the biggest setbacks has been and what you learned from it to make you guys and the program stronger as a result. Well, I can go with that. Um, sure. One thing I will say is that traditionally nurse-led initiatives are not widely accepted by physicians. Mm-hmm. Physician burnout is huge nationally and it is even um, more an issue with COVID. I mean, the, the physicians, especially emergency room physicians and hospitalists are taking care of COVID patients. And so in the RAISE model, the R stands for relationship. So one of the hurdles when I first started the work was really the physicians needed to be able to use this tool, but how to get them to do it? Because you can't mandate, okay, all physicians must you know, attend this training, um, all physicians. And so that's, that didn't work and it wouldn't work. So what I did instead is I created relationships with the physician group, specifically the hospitalist group and the ED group and the specialist. And then I went to and took it to the nurses. And the nurses in the hot areas took the information back to the physicians. And they said, oh, wow, we went to this resiliency training. So I actually had the head of the ED physicians come to me uh, and say, hey, we hear you're offering this for for nurses. Are you not offering this for physicians? And I was like, oh, thank goodness. I said, absolutely. I would love to bring that to physicians. So since that day, I do monthly uh, sessions with the ED hospital uh, physicians, and I do quarterly sessions with our hospitalist group. I've also been asked to speak uh, regionally to the sound hospitalist group and present to their whole, the whole uh, Gulf region district in Texas. And so, and they said, oh, we want you to come back. So the lesson I learned is, is that with physicians, you have to show them and then have them invite you in. Hmm. And that has been very effective. Love it. Yeah, that's such a great call out. It is tough. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's certainly a, a big need for them. And it's great that you have figured out a, an approach that works. Yeah. And I, I would also say, Saul, like right now, you know, everybody's struggling, um, especially in healthcare. And different organizations are at different places with different resources and different capacity. And I mean, to be honest, COVID has created a lot of challenges and, you know, to deliver this type of program that's so badly needed. But, but what I would say is one of the things I think that we are really good at is meeting clients exactly where they are. So if somebody feels like, well, we just can't do anything, but, you know, oh my gosh, our turnover is crazy or we, you know, no one's engaged anymore. Um, and they feel like this would be helpful in that arena. And of course, that wouldn't solve all problems, but definitely a piece of the puzzle. Um, reach out to us because we will brainstorm with you. And, you know, it may be that you need a really big, comprehensive solution. And that's not going to happen right now because of the constraints. But we can certainly help you map that out and at least get started with some simple things that um, are doable with the time and resources that are available for your organization now. So to me, I think that's the biggest challenge. It's almost like COVID, you know, threw a monkey wrench in everything and has created so many more demands on the healthcare system. 
And, you know, then there's more that needs to be done to take care of healthcare workers, yet there's less ability to do that. So how can we get really creative and see how we can at least provide them some support and begin to lay the groundwork for bigger things that can be done maybe a year or 18 months from now, but at least get started with something now. That's a really, really great point, Beth. And, and it's a gracious offer. And, and so if people want to reach out to, you know, take you up on that, where, where would they reach out? So I'm easy to connect with on LinkedIn, but then reach out to me directly. It's Beth, B-E-T-H, at interactivequality.net. And I'm always, you know, happy to schedule a call and we can brainstorm for, you know, as much as 90 minutes if, if you've got the capacity to do that. And of course, it's all complimentary and I love doing it. That's what fills my cup up is to solve problems for people. So um, it would be a pleasure to do that and, and see how I can help you in some way. There you have it, folks. Take advantage of that. And, uh, and so, you know, even if now is not the time, you know, if you want to get some ideas, totally take Beth up, up on it. You know, we do this podcast for the sake of action. So you can take action, not just get ideas and sit on them. So um, what are you both most excited about today? So it's all for me. In, in the steady model, the why mm-hmm. stands for you. And okay. that means what, how we translate that is what you do matters. You make a difference. Peterson Health, Interactive Quality, we care about you. And one thing I'm excited about is just seeing the employee engagement results. When I see that employees are, in a time of COVID, are excited about the work they do, they feel supported by their organization, and they feel that with their team, they can make it through this pandemic. That excites me beyond end. Yeah, and I would, I would piggyback on that, Audrey, and I would just say, you know, I, I'm just excited um, about the opportunity to help. I'm, you know, it's heartbreaking to see all the hardship that our country has gone through, and it's not limited to caregivers. There are people hurting everywhere. Maybe they've, you know, lost a loved one. Maybe they've lost uh, their job, etc. I mean, there's a lot of hardship, but I, you know, part of what we learn from resiliency is we are all capable of bouncing back. It's, it's a kind of an ordinary magic because we're all capable of it, even though it's incredibly extraordinary when we're able to do it or we hear the stories of others who have bounced back from unimaginable things. And as a nation, we will bounce back from COVID. And I hate that, you know, this is kind of what it's taken to put the caregiver, the physician, the nurse burnout on on the uh, forefront, on the on the front burner, so to speak. But I'm excited that we're having the conversation. And I think as things start to settle down, even now, we're going to see more people, more healthcare organizations than ever saying, hey, this is a priority. We cannot ignore this anymore. And I think in the end, really great things are going to come from this hardship that we're all enduring. Yeah, no, that's, this is great. Thank you for that, Beth and, and Audrey. Certainly a, a lot to be excited about with the promise uh, of a program like this in light of, of how big the problem is. And so I, I certainly appreciate both of you and the passion that you've brought to today's discussion and, and also the experience that you, you and the organization you have behind you supporting this program to deliver it are doing. So why don't we just um, leave our listeners with a closing thought and then the best place for them to get in touch to learn more and continue the conversation. One of the things that that I believe in doing uh, to be effective and to make it scalable is to create a language that takes uh, fire in your culture. Mm-hmm. And so one of the language that we've woven in at Peterson Health is 
you only grow outside of your comfort zone. We use that language and I hear the staff echo it, but you only grow outside your comfort zone. What this means is as human beings, we don't have to stay stuck in the mud of fear, of uncertainty, of feeling loss. We have the choice to grow and to become better. And I believe that's what we're doing as an organization, as a community, and ultimately, as Beth said, as a world. That's beautifully said, Audrey. Audrey's so awesome at pulling together very (laughs) visual and memorable ways of understanding complex things. That's one of the things I absolutely love about her. And I would take that to, you know, building on her thoughts. If you are a healthcare leader within your organization and you have concern about engagement and turnover and caregiver well-being, you know, please reach out to us because there are so many possibilities and the most difficult problems in life really are not meant to be handled in isolation. And so the human connection, the sharing of ideas, um, and uh, us all working together is really what's going to bring about the best solution. And so many things are possible. And I would just, you know, my parting words are, even though things are hard now, to stay positive and look for the opportunities um, and, and lean on others that can help. Wonderful. Beth, thank you. Uh, Folks, just a reminder, it's www.interactivequality.net. And uh, we will provide Audrey and Beth's LinkedIn information in the show notes so you could get in touch with them should you have any questions or want to explore that, that conversation about how they could help your staff and the culture at your hospital build that resiliency to improve caregiver well-being. I want to thank both of you for spending time with us and uh, sincerely appreciate the, the insights you've shared today. Thank Saul. you. Thank you, Saul. Been a pleasure. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.